Hello and welcome to Football and Grits. It's Monday, and I'm your host, David Ubbin, joined as always every Monday by my co-host, Andy Staples. We are the Athletics SEC Football Podcast. Thank you guys for subscribing. Leave us a review, a rating, and subscribe if you haven't already. You can get this show and every show, every weekday, delivered straight to your device. And of course, any five-star rating. All those reviews only help the show. Got a full week of content this week, even in the holiday week. There's still plenty to talk about, plenty to write about. And if you haven't uh, subscribed to The Athletic, you can do that at theathletic.com slash grits. Andy, quite a week of football. We got to get right, right into the uh, the awards. I think we should start with the best individual performance. I think we agree, Georgia quarterback JT Daniels, quite a stat line. 401 yards, four touchdowns. Nothing out of the running game. What did you make of his, uh, I mean, the debut? How, how would you describe it, I suppose? Well, that's the opponent you would choose to break your new QB in against because Mississippi State hasn't been particularly good against anybody except LSU, and then they beat Vanderbilt, but everybody beats Vanderbilt. So mm-hmm. I, I just I think they picked the right game for it, but – as much as you like what JT Daniels did, I look at Georgia's defense coming out of this game, and I'm like, oh, man. This team's just kind of not that good. Yeah. This team's just average. And, you know, that fortunately for JT Daniels, he got broken in against a team where he could have some success. I'm, I'm glad they did that instead of throwing him in, throwing him in against Florida, Faton Balta style, and just letting <laughs> his confidence get wrecked. So I think that's, that part's good, and maybe they have a quarterback going forward but you know there's just there's a lot going on there because Mississippi State could not move the ball on anyone yeah with a pulse and they moved the ball on Georgia pretty good Will Rogers who never met a defense he didn't like liked playing against Georgia quite a bit yeah I think the most interesting thing for me was JT Daniels saying after the game that it was all coaches decisions he was cleared after the Arkansas game and from then on it was sort of coach's decision to stick with uh, Stetson Bennett. Uh, our, our guy Claude Felton needs to work on the talking points a little bit because <laughs> what did you whether make of that's that? true or not, you're not supposed to admit it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it I think it fuels a lot of Georgia fans' frustrations, and whether whether it's true or not, and we will never know. I think a lot of fans would would like a Mulligan in that uh, in that Florida game. Do you? What does the Florida game look like? It would like not have made a difference. You don't think so? I, <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I think the, the – the, JT Daniels, he just has a lot more natural skill, and I think the inexperience could have been an issue. I don't would, think they Would JT Daniels have been able to defend the wheel route? <laughs> well, only time Because if tell. he couldn't, they he still was not, would have gotten For the record, he was, cleared, he was cleared – to, to defend the wheel route, but the coaches said, no, we're not going to allow you coach's to decision, defend those You've never routes. played defense in your life, so we're yes. not going to put you at linebacker. I think I just think you look at Stetson Bennett, you know, uh, a guy that, you know, is you like to watch and, and everyone appreciates, but not the most naturally skilled passer. And some of that velocity, some of that talent that JT Daniels has, I, I think you'd like to take a shot. I don't think it reverses the game. 
but I guess I'd like to see it, and I, I think we never will. And, and well, I think that's going to be a the, big the what question, if for Georgia fans this year when they look at yeah, this 2020 the, the season. The question is, is not should he have started the Florida game. The question is should he have started the Auburn game. Yeah. Because then, yeah. then you have a, a realistic question of would the Florida game have turned out differently? Would the Alabama game have turned out differently? Now, here's, here's the part that I keep coming back to. JT Daniels doesn't play defense. Yeah. This defense, whether it's because of injuries or because it's regressed, is not both, I think. as good as it was last year. Yeah. It's just not. Those first couple weeks, I mean, this looked like an, an elite, like generational might be a little bit much, but an elite Georgia defense, and it has not looked like that for some time. I think there's a little bit of regression. I think the injuries are part of it. It's tough to know exactly why. You can never really suss out completely which is which, but it's not good. And uh, the Mississippi State game, it was really laid bare, I think, specifically, um, that this is just not, you know, it, it's not fair to call Georgia average, but this is not a playoff contending team. This is not, even, not anything even close to that, and that's surprising. No, and they're going to go to the Peach Bowl, and they're going to play like Cincinnati, and that's yeah. not going to go well if they don't get a little excited about playing Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl because seen that game before. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah. have. <laughs> So that's the part that, that, that they've got to get straight. Now, here's the thing. Let's say JT Daniels is a revelation at quarterback and he keeps getting better week after week. Then by the end of the season, you're excited again. And you're mm-hmm. excited for next season. So it's not the end of the world right now for Georgia fans. The end of the world was after the Florida game. This is the part yeah. where you can decide how you want to handle the next 260 days. And there's a good chance you may end this season with some optimism and go into next season with some serious optimism. And, I mean, at the end of the day, look at Georgia's roster. Like, I think sometimes you... It's still you lose, really good. Yeah, I think it's sometimes, sometimes you, you lose the forest for the trees a little bit in that, like, this is still one of the five best rosters in the country. They've had some quarterback issues um, that have been pretty laid bare this year. Injuries have been a part of it. The defense hasn't been great. But Georgia still has the kind of upside that not very many people have. So, 2020, not the season right. they wanted, but they're going to be okay. And, <laughs> and Kyle Trask can come back next year, but my guess is he will not bypass going in the first round of yes. the NFL draft to come back next year. So, good news, Georgia. You don't have to deal with him anymore. Emory Jones show. The Emory Jones show. Well, Bad news, Georgia. He might be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. Well, moving on, um, you know, sometimes people just are in a giving mood, Andy, and Tennessee has been in that mood, and I think the, the Lifetime Achievement Award for Humanitarianism goes to Mr. Jarek Garantano. Another pick six, another backbreaker. I don't – listen, he is a great kid, and he works really hard, and I think everyone inside the program respects him, and likes him. 
but it's just it's hard to watch. It's this hard is the to Steve watch. Spurrier thing. This is this is the Steve Spurrier most cutting way of saying it's okay as a guy is coming off the field after making a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. It's our fault for putting you out there, and that's what it is. <laughs> Four it defensive scores via the coaching staff's fault five games. because they keep banging their head against the same brick wall and expecting a different result. I don't understand. You are paid millions of dollars. How do you keep making the same mistake over and over? Well, I think the biggest issue is the lack of development behind him. It's one also thing. their fault. <laughs> yes, I don't disagree with you. But if you have a situation where you have a guy who does a lot of things right, operates things the way that you'd like to operate them, but in the same breath... Um, is throwing the ball to the other team in a way that allows the other team to run into 90, the end zone? 90% operating the of, way you want to operate? 90% of snaps, he does the things that they want him to do. It doesn't but it's matter! Not, it's, I know, that's the thing. It's not even that there's a looming threat of disaster. It's continued disaster. That, there's that a, drive One to was, two plays every single game that... You know, Tennessee, they out, they outgained Auburn. They don't lose the turnover battle. They have fewer penalties. And they lose by 13 because of issues. I mean, the pick, the pick six, was it's it's not just that play, but they're no, not no, good that, enough that to outweigh That drive was those. emblematic yes. of everything that is wrong with Tennessee's coaching staff. Yes. And I'm putting it all on the coaching staff. You can say, well, the players make the mistakes, and the, Jarrett Garantano throws the interception. No. Jarrett Garantano is not out there to throw the interception if the Tennessee coaching staff does its job. This so, is who he is. This is who he is. Tennessee, We've seen Tennessee's this. offensive line is destroying people on this mm-hmm. drive. Destroying people. Eric Gray is gaining eight, nine yards a carry. Just keep handing him the ball until he gets to the end zone. It's it not is, complicated. It is. I, I have never seen anything quite like this, where a guy like Jerry Curtino is not a like a bad quarterback. He has a lot of really good skills. He has a lot of good size, but man, the I've never seen a quarterback that is this talented on so many other snaps have such a propensity for just disaster. It, it is wild. Um, and I just, you know, again, it's coaching though, I agree with you. None of this is because surprising. If you, if you coach him to not do that, then there, one of two things happens. Either he stops doing that or he keeps doing it, and you play somebody else. Yeah. Again, coaching. Well, so, on that subject, put it all Put it all on the guys making seven figures. Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney. Put it all on them. One million on that, percent of this is their fault. What do you make of the Tennessee situation right now? I don't know that churn right now helps. I like to think that people can learn from their mistakes. Like Ed Orgeron will tell you he was a terrible head coach at Ole Miss. And the record bears that out. And then he learned some things. And then he was not a terrible head coach anymore. He was a good head coach. So Jeremy Pruitt could learn some things, stop making the same mistakes he's making, and earn the money that Tennessee's paying him. I, I do believe that's possible. Although with each passing week, I become less and less convinced of that. And I don't think that changing coaches again is a good thing for Tennessee. Because they're, yeah. just, they're just on this merry-go-round. And, look, it, you could bring in Hugh Freeze. Could Hugh Freeze win? I, I think he could. I don't know. But it, are you going to risk it again? Are you going to pay? Can you afford to pay Jeremy Pruitt? You just extended him. 
You know, I yeah. I got on my soapbox about the the dumb extension that South Carolina gave Mil- Will Muschamp that it had to pay off last week or will, will be paying off for the next five years. Jeremy Pruitt got an extension this past year. Why? Yeah. Why? They were talking about this all offseason, and I said from the start, you extend a coach for two reasons. If he does something great or if somebody comes after him and you decide we want to keep him. Jerry Pruitt didn't beat a ranked well, I, team I, last year, and nobody came after I have, him. I, I, it didn't make sense. I have a great reader named Craig Smith, and he, he sent this to me when the column about Muschamp came out. And, and I'm going to expand on this in a column this week as well with, with extensions from around the country that sort of fit this bill, and, and Jeremy Pruitt's is one of them. And this is what Craig wrote, and, and I love it. He goes, I just want to hear one AD say, no, I'm not giving him a raise. I hired him to do this, gave him a contract that reflected my expectations, and he lived up to it. I don't give my plumber a raise when he correctly unclogs my drain. It's what I paid him to do. And Agents exactly, versus so, ADs. Agents versus ADs is the most lopsided rivalry in all of college sports. Oh, my God. So it's true. The plumber thing is great. Like Lincoln Riley didn't just unclog Oklahoma's drain. Lincoln Riley unclogged Oklahoma's drain and then put up a new backsplash and, you know, just redid the tile work on the floor. And nobody asked him to. Like, mm-hmm. he deserved it. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt didn't deserve it. Will Muschamp didn't deserve it. Scott Frost didn't deserve it. Dave Doran didn't deserve it. You gotta, at some point, you gotta say, you are just meeting expectations, so why should I give you more? And, and, I and think Jeremy Pruitt, I would argue, was not even meeting expectations. And I think... You know, this is sort of the situation where Tennessee finds itself. Extension aside, you can qualm with whether or not the expectations are fair, but Tennessee wants to compete for the East. They want to be in the mix for SEC titles and, and get to the playoff. And at this point, Tennessee fans are convinced that Jeremy Pruitt is never going to take them to that point. Maybe they're wrong. Time will tell. But Tennessee fans right now are convinced that that is never going to happen under Jeremy Pruitt. They want to make a change. Now, does it happen under Hugh Freeze? We'll see, but I think that is going to be the difficulty where Tennessee is trying to operate a program in which none of the fan base believes that you can do that. Georgia State was sort of strike one. Kentucky was strike two. And Arkansas, I think, was strike three this year. And Tennessee fans are out on him now. And even if he somehow upsets a&M or Florida down the stretch, that's not going to be enough. This season can't be salvaged, and I don't know what you do about that. I, 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 I think, you know, at this point, you lose to Vanderbilt. That question of whether or not Jeremy Pruitt comes back okay, next that, year gets a lot more complicated. It, it won't matter what I think if they lose to Vanderbilt. Yes. Because th- yes. there will be a reverse Shiano going on. <laughs> what is a reverse Shiano? You're going to have to, cl- you're going to, have to clarify on this. We're, well, I, I think it's not instead of the guy you're trying to hire, they revolt against. It's the guy you've already hired that they revolt against. <laughs> so it's close to now, a mutiny already. Now, granted, these are the same people who would who would scream at you this off season if you suggested that Kirby Smarter Dan Mullen might be a better coach than Jeremy Pruitt. Well, you know, expectations and and fairness have never been Tennessee fans' strong suit. They're a, they're a passionate lot. They're a passionate lot. This much they, is they are, and they they've been kicked in the teeth quite a bit. And yeah. listen, I was one of the people who agreed with them on Greg Schiano. Like I also I don't did. think Greg Schiano would have done fit. well at Tennessee at all. Bad, he terrible fit. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that part of it, I don't really, it, I I do not fault them for that. 
but they they are pretty capricious. They kind of move with the wind, and I'm not sure they've accepted what Tennessee is. Yeah, they think Tennessee should be Alabama. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I think the one thing that is going to change the the narrative this offseason is if you said, you know, Tennessee, we just want to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt. Well, I, I think there's not a great case for that in this offseason. But when you have a candidate so and Hugh, when you have a candidate and Hugh Freeze that you know you can probably get that wants that job, I think it makes a little more sense. Do they do it? I'm not sure. There's still games to be played. We'll see. But I think that you can push the case for doing it because you can probably, I say probably, because you never know probably avoid the same pitfalls in 2017 of having this disastrous search. You probably have to do some back channeling before you make any decisions so that you don't get you, yourself you in that You can't pitfall. even approach him unless you're sure you're going to get the, the blessing from the commissioner. Yeah. That's, well, you can't I, even approach him. And from what I understand, Freeze, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but we'll see. What, what, what's intriguing about Freeze, whether you're South Carolina or Tennessee, is that he has been at that level of the SEC and outpunched his weight at that level of yes. the SEC. There's very little proof of concept from anyone else. There's only one other coach, I think, who fits that bill right now. And that's James Franklin, mm-hmm. who he's got a big, long extension at Penn State. He ain't going anywhere, despite as, as bad as the season's gone. But that's that's it. I mean, those, are the, those two guys are pretty much it. If you want someone who's proven they can go to that level and do better than the previous people have. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if Tennessee didn't have this sort of Hugh Freeze out there, I would say it's probably crazy to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt. But if you think you got him, it makes a little more sense. And I think it's, that's it's sort of like, where it's sort of like when Georgia fired Mark Richt because South Carolina was about to hire Kirby Smart. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair, fair comparison. So we'll see. Uh, again, I think... I don't know that I could say that you can't entertain the thought, but it makes a lot more sense when you have when you're firing towards someone rather than just firing and putting yourself in this great wide open with a Tennessee job that you know I think you, was you mean was like humbling. they did with Butch Jones? Maybe <laughs> the Butch Jones thing is different because it's like I think you know the 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 foundation had rotted and I think you had to make a move. But how they didn't, dare they didn't you have talk about the bricks that way? <laughs> the Those bricks, bricks were laid one at a time. The bricks were hollow. The bricks were hollow, Andy. I don't, I've seen I'm it. I'm not so I've sure about that. <laughs> I, I'm really not. I mean, Butch was better at this point than Jeremy. He was. I don't disagree with you there, but I think the foundation of the program is a lot more firm. Do you know how hard it is, Andy, to be at Tennessee and go a year when you have no one invited to the Combine? I know Butch Jones does. Yes, because I was <laughs> I was I was there the day after their pro day. I can't even remember which year it was. It was it was I think it was after his second year, maybe it was after his third year. And they they people were telling me about how they had to apologize to the scouts and said, mm-hmm. you know, you come next year, you'll actually have somebody to look at. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Anyway, back to the awards. I liked Alabama this week as the best team. I know we try to we try to avoid heaping too much praise on the greatest program, but if you listen, is it, beating is like a, how an Urban SEC Meyer team never by, won Coach of the Year in the Big Ten. It like is when he was always is. the best coach in the Big Ten. But you're beating Kentucky by sixty. 
Kentucky is not uh, just total slouch. 60 points, goodness gracious. I mean, the three is not that surprising, but 63 on Kentucky. My goodness. Uh, I don't know what's, you know, Kentucky's defense is taking a step back, but impressive uh, all the same. Uh, I don't imagine you have a ton to add there, Andy. There's not much. Uh, there wasn't a team that really knocked my socks off this week. But no. 60-point win in the SEC yeah, against anybody Alabama but Vanderbilt just, is impressive. Alabama was just lights out good. And yeah. they look like the most consistent team in the league. As as they usually do. I think this is one thing, like, especially when we look at Georgia this year, I think this is the one thing that Nick Saban doesn't get enough credit for. Alabama just does not play bad games. And they've been doing I, this for like 15 I, years now. I think that's Nick Saban's superpower. It Nick is. Nick Saban's superpower is getting a consistent performance out of 18 to 22-year-olds. Because that age and guys is that, really and guys hard that, and guys that are always told, that are told every week, oh, you're great, you're great. Oh, you, this yeah. team has no chance. Oh, you guys are going to roll over them by 50. And then they do it every single week. It is wild to me how they pull that well, they So they say all those same things, the one game at a time, one play at a time, dominate your next rep, dominate. They actually mean it, and their players actually believe it. Like, they live it. Everybody yeah. else just says it. They live it. A, a master class in process trusting. <laughs> uh, best game Poor Arkansas Andy Poor, Poor Arkansas. Arkansas Make a third down Convert one third down And you win the game One it's a fair, third down That's a down. fair point That's a fair point They, they uh, LSU beats Arkansas 27-24 On a blocked field goal We have Hunter Yurichek After the game Vowing to get Jalen Catalan Free from targeting jail Which won't happen uh, that, that, that officiating crew And the replay <laughs> official Awful and I don't not in any particular direction. They were universally bad. The whole they day. were universally bad. But the again, poor Arkansas, uh, a, a really promising year marred by some 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 questionable officiating. But here know. here's the thing: if you're going to have that happen, have it happen now when you're not expecting anything. Like yeah. if they finish this season four and five, four and six or five and five, that is so far ahead of where anybody thought they would be. Yeah. So they're already they're already playing with house money, and if this drives them to be better in the offseason, they come out better next year than they would have. Great. I mean, th- that's the thing. Th- these guys are way. Who do you think? Anybody? Name anybody who said they thought Arkansas would win more than two or three games this year? Not more than three. I knew some folks in Arkansas who felt like people were sleeping on them, but I didn't know that I believed him. I think I think it's a combination of Sam Pittman being better than people thought, Chad Morris actually somehow being worse than people thought. Uh, but you know, credit to our guy Ari Wasserman, who's pointed out that Arkansas has recruited at a top twenty-five, thirty-ish level, number, and I think number twenty-five in the twenty-four-seven talent composite. I which, think people were sleeping on that. I mean, San Jose State beats you like a drum, and it's easy to it's easy to to overlook the talent edge. But but Arkansas has been recruiting, and especially at the skill positions at receiver, we've seen that. So uh, props to the Hogs. A rough Saturday. A very entertaining game. LSU's played a lot of those this year. They played so many games that have come down to the wire. Uh, so interesting ball. I game. feel I feel like that was that was real LSU. Like because I kept saying which is the real LSU is it, is it who we saw against South Carolina, who we saw mm-hmm. against Auburn, something in the middle. And I figured the truth was somewhere in the middle, and that's, that's what, what it was. It, that's yeah. that's them. That they are somewhere in the middle. They are probably about a five hundred or maybe a little above five hundred in the SEC. 
team this year. Yeah. You are probably right. Well, Andy, it's been good. Another Monday show, another weekend of the SEC behind us. Uh, this one a little less bumpy than the, uh, we'll call it a trimmed down slate a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting last couple weeks uh, of the season here. Two or three I weeks, am, really. I am ready for the Egg Bowl. That, that's that's the game I am ready The bar for. was high was, last year. The bar was set I, high last year. I wish it was Thanksgiving night. I really do. I think that would be amazing. Like, yeah. I, I would love to just, into the wee hours of Friday morning, get to watch the Egg Bowl and, and wonder who is going to pretend to pee like a dog. This time. All we had, but, yeah. All we had last year was the the dog peeing, the dramatic finish, and then you know both head coaches being outed uh, by the end of the season. That's all the last egg, last year's egg bowl, and now you have Leach versus Kiffin. Which, if anything's going to live up to the, the hype, it may, it may be that one. Well, that's why I wanted Leach Kiffin on a short week. Yeah. I thought that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. So we we got now they have adequate time to prepare. Yeah. What fun well, is that? I'll still be watching. Hopefully, it will be still be a lot of fun. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Again, listen to us all week. And then, of course, the Andy Staples Show as well. Uh, That will do it for this week's show. Subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash grits. And you can have access to everything on our network. And you listen to these podcasts and the Andy Staples Podcast ad-free. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow. (laughs) 